It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 26th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll clean up some news going along around the Magic, including some charitable donations that deserve some mention as we continue through the coronavirus pandemic here uh, throughout the nation and the world. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what the Magic are doing in their communities to help out. We'll talk a little bit about the future and some of the uncertainty surrounding this Magic team. I, I think a lot of us like to think the future feels certain for the Magic, but definitely Still a lot up in the air. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I want to make today sort of a light episode and encourage you to go back to yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic to hear my conversation with Dante Marcatelli of Fox Sports Florida. Definitely, 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 definitely go back into the archives wherever you download podcasts and find that episode. It is it is about an hour long. Definitely worth your time. We have a great conversation on where the Orlando Magic are at, how they got to this point, and, and a little bit more about uh, Dante and his approach uh, with the Fox Sports Florida crew. Before we dive into any of this, though, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. No matter which team it is, whether it's in the NBA, the NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. It's oh, Today was supposed to be MLB opening day. Definitely check out uh, some of the Locked On MLB podcasts to, to get your baseball fix at, at, this, at this time without baseball. Um, you can, of course, find these podcasts wherever you download podcasts. We've got great national podcasts, too, including Locked On NBA, Rejecting the Screen, uh, the D- Hollinger and Duncan NBA show, 
uh, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball too. Lots of great podcasts to listen to. No matter what your taste is, whether it's in the NBA, MLB, NHL, college, or NHL, you can find a podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic have always been an incredibly giving team. And and they've always sought out players who are incredibly giving and and incredibly active in the community. Um, You know, it's actually something that I talked a little bit about with, again, plug, uh, talked about with Dante Marcatelli uh, of Fox Sports Florida on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic about how this team is, is still, despite the pandemic, despite the hiatus in the league, they are still very, very active in their community. There's obviously the $2 million compensation fund that the DeVos family, or the up to $2 million compensation fund that the DeVos family has donated, has pledged, that several players have have des- expressed a desire to contribute to. And, and of course, you know, I, I have seen on Twitter some arena workers being very happy that they're getting paid uh, what appears to be their full salary uh, from the games that they are missing at the Amway Center. And, and certainly the DeVos family has taken care of those that, that really helped take care of all of us inside the Amway Center. Uh, and really take care of the team uh, outside of the actual product on the floor. We've seen Jonathan Isaac make a pretty sizable and, and generous donation to the people of Orlando. Uh, he has uh, donated meals for children uh, because without without public schools, without schools going on, a lot of the a lot of people are without their access to hot meals. Um, yes, uh, public schools do provide that service to several to a lot of children in this community um you know again that's that's not ideal i think but that's the unfortunate reality we live in and so without school a lot of children kind of were blocked out of getting uh getting hot meals for for breakfast and lunch like they would during the school year and even out of the school year with with schools closed and so jonathan isaac along with jump ministries and, and project life have uh, donated a uh, food to to be distributed to these children and, and and provided food to these children, plus, on top of that, providing a full week of non-perishable meals to families in need and delivering meals to people living at extended stay hotels while they're kind of waiting this out. I mean, so much of life has been put on hold. It's not just the NBA season. I mean, the NBA NBA players are compensated extremely well. You know, they're yes, their jobs are kind of put on hold. Yes, they aren't able to go to work and. Their jobs are very much disrupted. Um, you know, I think uh, it's not been completely clear how and how NBA teams are keeping track of their players and trying to keep them in shape. But um, it, it appears that yeah, that with facilities closed, that that they sent at least some items to each player and, and mapped out a plan for them. But everyone's kind of on their own, and obviously they can't play. And I think we're seeing a lot of players getting a little stir crazy. Uh, already at this stage with their with the inability to even just go into the practice facilities to to help out and just just be around the guys again. Um, so uh, undoubtedly that's part of this equation too. That's part of of everything of everything too. Like the players aren't able to do their jo- do their jobs. Imagine what someone who works at a restaurant isn't able to do. And so there's there's obviously a lot of areas of society that need help. And, and certainly what's what's go- going on in government is, is is slowly getting to a point where it can it can help real people who are who are struggling. But 
I, I have to say I am I'm very impressed with how Magic players have stepped up. Um, you know, I know I said shortly after this crisis started and everyone was kind of banging on the door for the, for the DeVos family and for for players to step up and 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 pledge something publicly. I was I was very much of the of the opinion like guys, this is unprecedented for everybody. Let's give them time to figure things out. And I think we're seeing now and honestly they don't have to do anything public. They don't have to be this it doesn't have to be a performative act to publicly donate something. Uh, and so I I I I've all I've I continue to say let these guys kind of operate on their own time a little bit. These guys are incredibly giving. They're going to give back to our community uh, and ta- and and help take care of us because they have the means and and they have the understanding that they have the means to do so. Aaron Gordon and DJ Augustine are the latest to announce contributions and announce their plans for what they're going to do to help this community. Uh, DJ Augustine uh, and and again doesn't have. I, I really think that this is an amazing thing that DJ Augustine is doing. DJ Augustine announced that he is donating to a, uh, a, a a charity in New Orleans that is providing food from local restaurants to support medical workers, kind of the front lines of this battle against the, the coronavirus, and really the most important people in the world, the most important people providing a service to us every single day are our medical workers, uh, trying to fight this disease on the ground and and treat people who are who are sick. Um, I, I, I really, I, I, DJ Augustine's obviously from New Orleans. That is a place that is very, that is, that is very dear to his heart. Um, he, he had to flee New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. He moved to Houston, which is where he, he ultimately graduated from, from high school, but he's still very much a, a son of New Orleans. And, and it's fantastic, A, to hear that this charity exists. Uh, um, let me, let me grab the name of it real fast. It's fantastic to hear that this charity exists. Number one, it is, it is a fantastic uh, idea for a charity, to be honest. Uh, it's called Crew of Red Beans in New Orleans. Uh, it, it Again, it, it provides food from local restaurants so it's supporting local restaurants who might otherwise be closed and giving those meals to healthcare workers. Um, so again, just an incredible charity. I, I would hope that there's something like that here in Orlando. I know we have a, a budding restaurant scene and I, I you know, I, you know I, I'm not going to demand that DJ Augustine make a similar donation to this to, to, to restaurants in Orlando, but it wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, bad idea. But, you know, I, I think what DJ is doing is, is extremely generous and, and extremely noteworthy, especially in New Orleans, which is, uh, which is from, from reports that I have heard, really struggling with this disease. So uh, a really, really good effort and a really good uh, gesture from DJ Augustine to, to his home, home state, home city. Aaron Gordon is also making a pretty sizable donation here in the city of Orlando. Aaron Gordon announced on Wednesday that he is donating to the Homeless Education Fund with Orange County Public Schools and is encouraging others to donate to the foundation for OCPS. Um, Like everything else, Orange County Public Schools are closed for the time being. Um, They were heading on to spring break anyway. I believe they're they're planning on doing kind of telecommuting classes or or doing online classes to kind of fill, fill the gap, but... There's a lot of needs that, that you know, again, rightly or wrongly, and, and, and probably is too much for the public school system to be doing, but the public school system does do a lot to take care of our children. And, and Aaron Gordon and a lot of his charitable efforts have been, have been focused on education. He did a camp this summer uh, called Code Orlando, which exposed uh, 
you know, exposed, I believe the focus was on, on minority children, um, but exposed people who might not otherwise have exposure to technology and computers and, and kind of taught them and showed them that there are people in the field uh, like them uh, and, and, and trying to inspire people, inspire students to, to really dig into, into these problems and, and dig into this, this subject area. Um, Gordon is, is, education is, is very high on Gordon's list. It is, it is a big, I know it's a big thing for, for, from his family, for him. Uh, and so it, it is good to see him give back and, and, and he, he left a message. I posted on orlandomagicdaily.com. You can find it as well on the Orlando Magic's channels. Um, he, he posted a message saying very clearly that, you know, every child has potential and their zip code and their circ and their financial circumstances shouldn't put a, put a ceiling on that potential. Uh, and so his donation to this fund is very much in line to keep educational opportunities open for the disadvantaged in our society. Um, and, you know, you have to applaud Aaron Gordon uh, for this effort. You know, it's, it's something that he is passionate about and something that he has consistently donated to and, and donated for. And I, 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 again, I have, I can do nothing but applaud Aaron and I really applaud everyone on the Orlando Magic. Again, not every player is going to publicly announce what they're doing. They shouldn't have to. It shouldn't be performative. But uh, I do I do think and expect that most players on the Orlando Magic are making some contribution, whether it is to the compensation fund or whether it is through their own charitable work to the to their communities, whether it's here in Orlando or wherever they are from or wherever they, they feel most connected to. Um, I, I think we're really fortunate to have players really throughout the league who are making these contributions and, and making these statements about how much they care about their communities. And, and, and it really makes the NBA family feel very, very special. So um, kudos to everyone. You shouldn't, they don't need a pat on the, pat on the back. Um, they aren't doing it for a pat, pat on the back, I hope, but we're going give to give them one anyway because they deserve it. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day But the main thing that, that I want to touch on here on this brief podcast is the future of the Orlando Magic, and most importantly, the the injured future of this Orlando Magic uh, team. Uh, I think it's you know it, I think it's fair to say that that after January first, when Jonathan Isaac went down with the lateral, with the lateral corner uh, injury to to his uh, uh, the, the lateral corner injury to his knee that a lot of the air got sucked out of the season. Um, you know, rightly or wrongly, so much of the season was, was kind of pinned on Isaac. And, and you know, the team was struggling and, and still, you know, winning and, and finding a little bit, of, little bit of success. But the, the really, the, the Isaac was the brightest spot of the season. And, and while Marco Fultz's development has been important and very good, a lot of this season, I think, was really pegged on, on what Isaac could become and seeing how far he could grow. And all of a sudden, a, a breakout season where he was probably on pace to be an all, on the all-defensive team 
was was kind of put on hold, was kind of stopped completely. Um, Isaac, Isaac's stats weren't anything super special, you know, to, to begin with. A lot of it was just kind of observationally seeing how he impacted a game. Yes, defensively, he was the league leader in stocks. He was near the, league, the top of the league in blocks. He was flirting to become the first perimeter player to lead the league in blocks since Andre Karolenko in 2004, which honestly, at this point, Andre Karolenko is, is, is a really good comp for Jonathan Isaac. I don't know if that was used at all during the draft process, but I see a lot of Andre Karolenko in, in Jonathan Isaac, and, and Isaac might be a little bit more devastating defensively than, than Karolenko could have was, and Karolenko was a very good defensive player. I, I mean, if you don't know who Andre Karolenko is, go fire up YouTube and watch some, some old video of him. But Isaac averaging 12 points per game, 6.9 rebounds per game, shooting 50.9% effective field goal percentage. This was really just a continuation of his progress. Um, it wasn't necessarily that he was light years ahead offensively. He was getting better, getting more confident. But defensively, he was just such a vice grip and, and made the Magic's defense so dangerous. Um, you know, I, I think... A lot of us, when we say the Magic need a star, they're really saying the Magic need a player that's elite at something, that, that demands the, the opponent's attention or game plan to change who they are in some way to avoid uh, in some way or to, to take the ball out of his hands. And to be frank, and I think Magic players sense this too, Jonathan Isaac was, is, not was, is potentially elite at something. And, and he's potentially elite at his defense. And, of course, with him suffering that injury, and, and thankfully not requiring surgery, but with him suffering that injury, everything just kind of went on pause. And the Magic, rightfully, I think, had no intention of rushing him back. Yes, they gave us that four to six week evaluation, reevaluation period, and that was in early February, I want to say. When that, or not, that was in late February, I want to say, when, when that came out. He spoke to the media. He was, you know, starting to travel with the team again. He's taking set shots. He wasn't really moving around a lot, at least from what the public could see. Uh, and so that seemed to suggest that the Magic very much weren't going to have him back. Um, and, and that was okay. Like, like I said, there's no sense rushing him back. There's a long game at play. I don't think, I don't think the Magic had any intention to to play Isaac just to make sure they made the playoffs or just to make sure they get the seven seed. They're bigger fish to fry down the road. But the hiatus to this season has changed a lot of that formula. The first being, we don't know when the season comes back. We don't know when the season will resume. We don't know what the season will look like when it resumes. Will it be straight to the playoffs? Will there be a little training camp period again? Will there be a retraining camp period again? Well, there be exhibition games. You know, will the league give teams time to kind of settle back in or are we going to go straight into meaningful playoff games? It's not clear. And, and I don't think we're at a point where we can speculate what that looks like. Um, the the eight-week period that the CDC recommended a few weeks ago doesn't come up until early May, until early to mid-May. And I don't think we can imagine the NBA stepping back onto the court until May 10th-ish, I think. May 8th-ish, I think, is, is, is when that, that time. I don't think we can foresee the NBA coming back until then. And so, you know, Mark Cuban of, of the Dallas Mavericks said the, the, op, the optimists believe we can start playing games again in mid-May. That's probably a little too optimistic, in my opinion. I, I, think, I think if the NBA had its ruthers, you know, just from a marketing perspective, 
I think they should be aiming for Memorial, if, if they can. Obviously, if they can't, they won't. Um, that I think Memorial Day would probably be the best day to kind of kick the NBA season back off. Um, for obvious reasons. Just a holiday, just you know, blow it out like you do with, with Christmas at, when, when, when the schedule's reset. Um, you, you, know how, you know how it is. But that delay going into May, going into June, you know, having, having the Magic play June basketball again, that has opened the door for them to do something that they haven't done all year. And that's to be healthy. And that includes Jonathan Isaac. I'll plug it again. Dante Marcatelli and I discussed this on yesterday's episode of Locked On Magic. The Magic really haven't been healthy at any point this season. Even from training camp, they were dealing with little nagging injuries. Evan Fournier had a nagging injury. Nikola Vucevic had a nagging injury. Aaron Gordon got popped in the jaw uh, midway through preseason, and he had a nagging injury. The Magic just didn't have a good training camp. Uh, and, and they struggled to get their rhythm back. And then again, what, four weeks into the season, Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic both sprained their ankles. Vucevic is out for two, three weeks. Um, you know, then then you have Isaac's injury. You have Michael Carter-Williams in and out of the lineup, and he made such a big impact. You had Augustine out of the lineup. You had, you know, there, there were so many injuries. You, you even forget that Al Farouk Aminu was hurt and has been out for the almost the entire season, too. Um, you know, these are, you know, maybe not, you know, the, the, the sum of the magic are bigger, you know, the sum of the parts are, are bigger than the, each individual part, but these are not insignificant losses for the Orlando Magic. These are not players that have zero meaning to this team. And so, the potential now, with the season on hiatus, is that Jonathan Isaac can come back. Isaac was on Sirius XM NBA Radio on Wednesday, or on Tuesday, I believe, to talk a little bit about his charitable giving and talk a little bit about uh, his efforts and what he's been doing. He was also on Game Time on NBA TV. Uh, and he made pretty much a, a clear statement. If it lines up and I'm ready to go, then I'm ready to go. He said, if I'm healthy... I'm playing. Jonathan Isaac has been through injuries before. And and one of the things the Magic have done very good at is managing his rehab. Steve Clifford has reportedly put Isaac kind of in the same kind of game planning, scouting role that Mo Bamba had last year where he's reviewing game tape and and really kind of engaging in the game plan and kind of keeping his mind active within the game. Um, But the Magic have been very, very coy about Isaac. You know, I, I think Jeff Waltman has essentially shot down any thought of him coming back without actually saying he's done for the year. I think I think he's always kind of said, we're going to be patient with Isaac. You know, we're going to let him recover. We're not going to push him too fast. That's kind of been the mantra. And of course, with an April 15th deadline to, to, to be healthy in time for the regular season to end, you know, maybe that felt a little far off. Maybe it felt like getting back into the swing of things was not quite in the cards. But now, now things feel different. Now, it feels like, with that calendar spread out a little further, that Isaac could possibly return. And not unrealistically, not they're rushing him back, not he's not fully healthy, but He is fully healthy. He has had time to get back into rhythm, and he can make a contribution. 
Does that dramatically change the Magic's fortunes? No, it probably doesn't. The Magic are probably still going to be the seven seed. And yeah, they're probably still going to lose in that first round series. Maybe they take a game, maybe they take two games. But undoubtedly getting Isaac back on the floor, getting him back into the playoff basketball again, would be a boost for him and for the team and for the Magic. But again, I still feel like this needs to be stressed. The Magic are not in any rush to do so. Certainly, they'll want to see him in contact before before he can play. And right now, nobody is doing contact basketball. And this, in this sense, maybe a retraining camp would be a big benefit and a big boost to the Orlando Magic. But we'll just have to wait and see on Jonathan Isaac and whether he can return whenever the NBA comes back. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And, and that kind of brings us to the last guy that, that we need to talk about. The guy that everyone kind of forgets, and a guy that won't have any effect on this season. But a guy that's still very important to the Magic's future and, and what the Magic hope to accomplish moving forward. It has been almost one year since Chuma Okiki tore his ACL in the NCAA tournament. The Sweet 16 Elite Eight games would have been this weekend. And Chuma, of course, tore his ACL in a Sweet 16 game against North Carolina. A game where he was going off, scoring 20 points on, uh, I believe it was, I know he was 3 for 5 from beyond the arc, but uh, just an incredible shooting performance where he was efficient and, and, and very clearly, honestly, the best player on the floor for Auburn until, of course, he tore his ACL. And recovery for Chumo Kiki's been fairly quiet. The Magic, of course, deferred his rookie contract, deferred his rookie season, and had him go kind of rehab with Lakeland. And so, you know, Jeff Waltman's provided updates here and there. Uh, you know, Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel went and talked to him in Lakeland. Or, sorry, Josh Robbins of the Athletic. I'm still. I'm sorry, Josh. I'm so used to the, 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 the your old publication. Um, Josh Robbins of the Athletic went and talked to him uh, about how his rehab is going and. Like everything else, the Magic, their staff, have been very patient and very slow with Okiki. But I think it's important to remember what kind of player Okiki is. According to many draft prognosticators and draft analytics, Okiki projected to be one of the very best players in this draft. His block and steal rate in college made him one of the better defenders. And while you know, I think the Magic certainly overdrafted him a little bit at 16, 
If he was healthy, he would have probably been gone by the time the Magic were picking. I very much do believe, I very much do believe the Magic wanted Okiki and they got their guy. I, I, I think that, yes, Orlando wanted the benefit of being able to defer his rookie season. I think that was a reason why they were willing to draft him at 16. But I don't think they would have done it if they didn't believe in Okiki, the player and the person. And Okiki is a very interesting player on that front. He averaged 12 points per game, shot 38, you know, shot near 39% from beyond the arc in his sophomore season with, with Auburn, obviously picking up his play in the NCAA tournament where he was absolutely fantastic shooting, uh, shooting 50, uh, scoring 15 points per game, and I believe he was 7 for 14 in his final four games of the season. So his final game in the SEC tournament plus the three NCAA tournament games. He can get hot and he can hit from the outside. Okiki is very much the stereotypical kind of Jeff Weltman, John Hammond player. Versatile defensively, able to play both forward positions. Good defense, good defensively. He's, he uses his length well. It's not just there. He knows how to use it. He's very kind of in tune with what his role is and what he can do. And ultimately, he delivers on that role. He delivers on those promises. It's it's hard at this point to project what you can expect from Okiki because we haven't seen him since tearing his ACL. And, and I think the un, you know the unfortunate thing for him is it looks like we're going to have a truncated summer. It looks like we're going to have a summer that isn't full, that isn't a complete summer, which means probably no summer league. Probably no, you know, you know who knows what training camp will look like. We, don't, we just don't know what it's going to look like. And so Okiki may not get kind of coaching from the Magic coaching staff as well as kind of the focus that he needs to, to kind of get himself back into the swing of things on the court until training camp. You know, yes, there's, you know, kind of preseason, preseason training and all that, all that stuff as well. Um, but he still plays a vital role for this team. I think Orlando will probably let Wesawundu walk in free agency because they believe in Okiki and they want Okiki to sort of fill that role. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they start trying to shop Aminu around. I think that's a little bit tougher at this point. Um, to try and free space for Okiki, or, or, or they use Aminu as kind of a hedge for Okiki's development for the next two years. The bottom line is, the Magic, I think, expect Okiki to be able to contribute immediately. Again, he's not a freshman coming straight out of college. He's a sophomore. He he has a little bit of experience, and, and I think his game is very much a, a composed game. He, he's not someone that gets rattled or, or needs the ball very much to find success. He can contribute without being the center of attention. And if his defensive numbers translate, if he comes back healthy, next year he certainly can be a rotation player right off the bat. And again, as, as we'll begin looking at the draft here in a little bit, that becomes really valuable. That becomes a really big part of what this Magic team needs if they want to keep competing. It's, you know, again, as we talk about this upcoming draft, you always have to remember the Magic already have a draft pick in their back pocket, and that's Chuma Okiki. So again, you got to ask, well, do the Magic really want another rookie? I think that is certainly a debate that we will have as the draft draws nearer. But Okiki is someone that can contribute and someone that we shouldn't quite forget about yet. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter 
at Philip R underscore MD. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, excuse me, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to po- download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me again on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. Don't forget the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is open. Submit your questions to me online at omagicdaily or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. We're also doing Magic Madness, a tournament to determine something about the Orlando Magic. Uh, just we're, we're, we're doing an NCAA-style tournament uh, for the best players in Magic history. You can vote on that every day at omagicdaily on Twitter. You can also, uh, don't forget also to go back in our archives and listen to my conversation with Dante Marcatelli of Fox Sports Florida. You can find that wherever you download podcasts. It is yesterday's episode. Definitely check that out. We have a group, we had a great conversation talking about the magic as well. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you to go check out Rejecting the Screen as well. And the latest episode of Rejecting the Screen, Adam, no- Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov go one-on-one with Seth Greenberg former coach at Virginia Tech and ESPN College basketball analyst. He talks about his history in the game, including learning from Larry Brown and former Magic coach Chuck Daly, telling stories about Michael Jordan at the legendary five-star basketball camp and his relationship with John Calipari. Should be a great conversation. Check it out wherever you download podcasts. Just search for Rejecting the Screen. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.